Well, good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you have joined us. Uh, really excited to dig in here, to dig into the Word of God. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and grab those. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to send you one in the mail. Just go ahead and let us know. Uh, we would love to be able to do that. Uh, but I want to continue in a series that we've been... Uh, well, we just started last week. And so it's just a two-part series that I'm calling, How Are You Doing Really? And so I want to get to that in just a moment. But I do want to kind of draw your attention to something that next week uh, we will be having in-person worship. And so we're going to be having three services here at Elevation, um, and then we'll continue the live stream as well. And so if you can't make it or, or you're just not comfortable at this point, we just want to encourage you to go ahead and join us online. But we will be having in-person worship this next week. And so you'll hear more about that in the coming days. But go ahead and uh, make a note of that. Uh, if you've spent much time around me, you know that there are uh, a couple of phrases that I use quite often. One of them is, how is your soul, right? I mean, and, and, and usually when the preacher is saying that, there's a, there's a sense that people get a little uncomfortable, you know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine you and me sitting in a coffee shop and I just peer into your eyes and I say, how is your soul? <laughs> I suspect that might make you a little nervous. Matter of fact, I think I just made myself nervous. But, but, but you, 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 if you spend any time with me, that's one of the questions that you'll hear from me. And really what's going on there is, how are you doing really? You know, how are you doing? Not, not just kind of like, you know, how, how you walk past somebody and say, hey, how's it going? You're like, oh, it's great, I'm fine. But you're really not telling the truth. But, but, but how are you doing really? And then one layer down, I think, which is more of a, an important question is, how are you really doing in your soul? How are you really doing in your spirit? What's really going on? And as I, as I said, I've found that sometimes people are very open to that and sometimes people aren't very open to that. Uh, there's a part of them that's like, okay, I'm okay with you being in this lane around the spiritual things, but just make sure you stay in your lane, Pastor. Don't, don't, don't dabble in other areas, you know, because really, I mean, they wouldn't say this to me, but, but they're thinking it's none of your darn business. And so last week I talked a little bit about some things that are none of my darn business. Uh, I meddled a little bit, you know, and, and so, so, so I wanted to, to kind of go a little bit further today. Uh, I want to meddle a little bit more. And so if you're in a place where you're like, I just really want to be comfortable today, I'm probably not the guy for you. <laughs> now I can do that and there are seasons for that, but I really feel like we need to be challenged right now. Now I'm not saying that you aren't already being challenged. We're all being challenged but I think that there's a, a need in us, whether we know it or not, to be challenged in the places that matter most. Because see, if we'll do that, those places will start to get better. And when those places start to get better, everything else around us starts to improve. Because, see, these are foundational things. And, and so last week we talked about our body. We talked about our relationships. We talked about caring for the temple of the Lord. Because, see, God is concerned with the whole person. He, he wants to make sure that we are, are whole and complete in him. And so he is concerned about those things. And we talked about, you know, the, the new phrase, COVID-19 uh, isn't just a virus. It's the pounds that we're putting on. You know what I mean? 
And so we talked about how do we keep ourselves healthy and get better. And we talked about how do we care for our relationships and, and the intimacy that we have with other people. But today I want to really zero in on something that I think is so important for us to see. And that is that, that, that we need to really look at something that the Bible talks about that really is foundational. And that is we need to give attention to our soul. We need to give attention to our spirit. See, the Bible tells us that we are triune beings. Now, you may not know exactly what that means, but you've heard the word tri, so you're like, okay, I think that's three. So, so, so in other words, we are three in one, just like God is. Did you know that? Did you know that God created you just like him? I mean, that's what the Bible says, that you were created in the image of God. And so, therefore, you are a triune being. And what that means is, is that you have a body, which we discussed last week. You have a soul, and you also have a spirit. And so we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Those three things make up who you are. And so today, I want to deal with soul and spirit. Last week, we dealt with body. You can check that out. But today I want to deal with soul and spirit because, see, here's the thing that I've learned over the years that I've pastored, over the years that I've studied the Word of God. Spiritual order in my life matters. In other words, if, if, if my spirit is not strong, I can't do the things that God has called me to do. If my spirit is not strong, I cannot tell my soul what to do. If my spirit is not strong, I can't tell my body what to do. See, see, everything that I have, all the power that I have in my life comes from my spirit being healthy. This is where it all comes from. And so spiritual order is significant to your success. And so making sure that your spirit is strong so that you can tell your body and your soul what to do is really where it's at. And so for the next few moments, I want to talk to you a little bit about spiritual order. I want to talk to you about how important it is we care for our soul and how important it is we care for our spirit. And so here's the question. How are you doing really how is your soul today? Now, at this point, you might be a little confused, like, well, what's the difference between soul and, what's the, and spirit? I, I, I don't know. Well, see, the Bible describes the, skull, the soul really as uh, the seat of our thinking, our emotions, our feelings. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but I've felt sometimes in this season that we've been in that my emotions... <laughs> and my feelings and my thinking sometimes have been up and sometimes they've been down and sometimes they've been up and sometimes they've been down and they feel sometimes like they're on this roller coaster and it's hard to deal with. I don't know if you can relate to that. I found that it's true in my life. I think it's true in other people's lives as well. But, but, but here's the thing that we have to see. God's heart for us is that when that roller coaster begins, that our spirit takes over and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going down that path. We're not going up that hill so that we can go down the other side of it. See, we're not going to do that. And so our spirit tells our soul or our mind, right, the seat of our emotions, our feelings, what to do. 
Matter of fact, as a pastor, I hear from people all the time, you know, and especially in this season, what are the, what are the most um, recurring emotions and feelings that I've seen? I'd say probably two. One is people feeling disconnected, and the other is people feeling depressed. There's a sense of, I just don't feel connected with the world around me. And in some ways, it's not just that I don't feel connected. It's, it, it's that, that I am connected in ways that feel very foreign to me. They feel very incomplete. They aren't satisfying. And so it increases this kind of disconnection, even though you might even be on the phone with someone. It creates a greater disconnection. And then what happens when you start to feel disconnected or lonely, what happens is that you start sometimes to feel depressed. And you may be there today. You may be sitting on your couch and you've been there for a week and you're wondering what in the world is going on. And I'm just so glad that you've tuned in today. Because see, the Lord has a word for you. The word, the Lord has a word for you today, and that is that your spirit can get stronger. And if your spirit gets stronger, this depression in your life has to go. It's so important you see this. And so disconnection and depression is not God's will or God's plan for you. Disconnection and depression are tools of the enemy to destroy you. You may not even know that. You may not even know that you have a spiritual enemy that's coming against you, and he's using disconnection and depression to keep you in that pit. See, God has a better plan for you. God has a hand up for you to help you get out of that pit. So important you see this. I was reading the other day on the, the CDC. You know, perhaps you've visited that website recently. This is what the CDC says about some of the emotional problems and challenges that people are experiencing, emotions and feelings. This is what they said. Pandemics can be stressful. No kidding, right? Pandemics can be stressful, everyone. The coronavirus disease in 2019, pandemic, uh, may be stressful for people. Fear and anxiety about a new disease and what could happen can be overwhelming and cause strong emotions in adults and children. I love the government. Aren't they just so fun? Listen, it says, public health actions such as social distancing can make people feel isolated and lonely and can increase stress and anxiety. You probably already know that, that social distancing can create that in us. However, they go on to say, however, these actions are necessary to reduce the spread of COVID-19. So they're saying, look, we recognize that it's a problem, but we also recognize that if we don't do it, it might keep this virus spreading. And then they close by saying, coping with stress, <laughs> this is so good, coping with stress in a healthy way will make you, the people you care about, and your community stronger. Did you know it? <laughs> I read that and I was just so excited that the government really cares deeply about my emotional health. But here's the problem I've noticed. They presented attention. 
And the tension that they presented was that social distancing can, can cause isolation and loneliness, but we've got to do it in order to make sure that this virus doesn't continue to spread. Do you see the tension? Do you see the dilemma that we're all in? And this is what I think. Social distancing may be good for stopping a virus, but it's bad for your soul. It's bad for the soul health in your life. See, social distancing is good to, to keep the virus at bay, but at the same time, it's not necessarily helpful to your soul. It's not good for your emotions. It's not good for your feelings. It's not good for your thought life. It's not good for any of those things. And so here's the question, what do you do? When you live in this tension, when you live in this season, when you know that the season is not gonna be over anytime soon, what do you do? So that's why I'm asking the question, how's your soul? Because I think when you begin to look at how your soul is, it helps you see something deeper. It helps you look at something deeper. And we're gonna get to that in a moment, but, but how do you remain connected when there's social distancing all around you? See, distance and, and disconnection can, can, can only be defeated by connection and so how is it that we are able to connect in this world? How is it that we're able to do that? Now, as your pastor, if, if you call me your pastor, uh, I want to I just kind of take a moment and do a little discipleship. Now, now, what does that look like? Well, discipleship, as we define it, is that, that it's something where you're known, you're loved, and you're challenged. Now, I, I may know you. I don't know if I know you, but I, I think I know a lot of you. I hope you know that I love you, but I do want to just for a moment challenge you today because I think that's how we get better. Isn't it true that when we're challenged, we can get better? But if we're just kind of like, we just kind of go through life and we're never challenged, we never grow, we never get better. And so, so we know that challenge is important to our health and our growth. And so I want to just challenge you for a moment. And that is this, how are your connections right now? How are they? Now, I know some of us haven't left the house. I know some of us uh, only leave the house occasionally. I know that. I know many of us are working from home. And here's the question I have. How are your connections? Because, see, I don't believe that you have to simply stay in your house all the time in order to be healthy. I actually believe there are things you can be doing that will help you be more connected. And you can do it in safe ways. I think there are things you could be doing. And so what I want to ask you to do today is that when, 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 when September comes around, your church will have small groups for you. Now, you're like, Pastor, I've heard that. Yeah, I know. I know you've heard that. And, and some of us have, have, have kind of dismissed me outright and said, okay, yeah, small groups, small groups, small groups. Someday I'll join one. No, no. Listen to me. You need to be in a group. It is so important right now. Now, I understand that some of you can't leave or won't leave your house, and that's okay. But I do want to say to you, you can still be in a group. We are going to offer online groups for you to connect with other believers in Jesus Christ. You need to take advantage of that. It is a lifeline to your soul. Your health, your mentality, your thinking, your feelings are going to be there. But I do want to just for a moment say this. We are going to offer online groups, but I want you to hear me today. If you can at all possible, 
Join a physical group. Do it. I believe that in this season, it's worth the risk. Now, I understand that some of you probably disagree with me, but I just need you to know as your pastor, you've got to find the connections. You've got to be with other people. I understand that when we get lonely and isolated, guess what happens? The enemy starts to win. We need to be around fellowship. We need to be around the fellowship of the believers. And it's not just I need to have a a happy hour on Zoom with my, my workmates. No, 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 no. You need to have fellowship with other believers. Because if you don't, you are not going to be challenged. You are not going to experience the love of Christ in the way that you need to. You are not going to be known the way that you need to be known. Listen to this in, in, in 1 John. I love this passage of scripture. 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. John is writing this and he's talking about his experience. And he says it this way. He says, what we have seen and ourselves heard. We are also telling you so that you too may realize, listen to this, and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. Notice the word fellowship. Then he goes on and he says this, and this fellowship, and this fellowship that we have, look at this, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father's, His son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And he goes on and says this. And we are now writing these things to you so that our joy, and then the Amplify says, in seeing you included, may be full and your joy may be complete. Do you understand what John is saying? He's saying that when you are in the fellowship of believers, something's different. When you are in the fellowship of believers, he goes on to say that your joy can be made complete. My friends, do you need joy in your life? Then get out of the closet. Get out of the room. Get off of the couch. Some of us need to get off of the computer screen. Listen to me today. I know that this is challenging. And if you're in high-risk categories or maybe you have little ones, I get it. I'm just simply saying to you, as your pastor, whether you get in person or online, get in a group. Because, see, this pandemic is still around. It's still going on. And it's going to be here for a while. And God's plan for your life is not that you would feel disconnected and depressed And I believe the answer and the antidote for your problem today is that you get in a group. Please hear me today. It's so important. And so how is your soul? How's your emotions? Are you up? Are you down? But how are you doing? Really? Here's the other part of this that I want to kind of land on and then we'll be done. And that is how is your spirit really? How's your spirit? Now, now, as I said earlier, that, that your spirit needs to be strong in order to tell your soul what to do. Well, that's why groups are important, you see? Groups help my spirit be strong so that I can tell my soul what to do and I can tell my body what to do. You see it? 
So here's, here's the thing that I think is really important for us to see around the spirit is that I believe that, that this epidemic that we're dealing with, this virus that we're dealing with is bad. I, I believe it's bad. It's not good. But, but I also believe that there's a greater epidemic occurring right now. I do. There's something worse going on. And let me tell you what it is. Believers in Jesus Christ have stopped attending church and they are not engaging in Christian fellowship. Hear me. I believe this is worse. Because see, the Bible says to us that if we are not connected to the body, then we are not able to bear fruit. If we do not remain in Jesus, which is Jesus in our fellowship, but also with our other believers... If we don't remain there, we won't produce the fruit that we're called to produce. And so you've heard me say this again, that the enemy's desire is to get you singled out so that he can pick you off. And when you get isolated and when you get alone, that's exactly what the enemy wants. See, believers in Jesus Christ have stopped attending church. Can you believe that? It's true. Not even online. You don't believe me. Well, listen, I'm going to give you some data. This is fresh data from the Barna Research Group. Listen to, these, listen to these data points, people. You've got to hear me. 35% are still attending their pre-COVID church. 35% of believers are still attending their pre-COVID church. So you're like, okay, well, that's... Oh, that, well, I guess that's failing if you think about it. <laughs> but listen to this. 32% are no longer attending church. That's one in three believers in the United States are not attending church anymore. Let me see if I can even reduce that down a little bit more so your mind can get around that. That's 25 million believers. 25 million believers in the United States that are not attending church anymore. My friends, that is significant. I'm not sure we've seen anything like that in history. And who do you think's happy about that? God or the enemy? We've got to wake up, friends. Because see, it gets worse. You're like, that was bad. Yeah, it gets worse. Look at this. 14% have switched to new churches did you know that? 14% during COVID have switched to new churches. And you know why they've switched? Many of them switched because they didn't agree with decisions that church leaders were making. Maybe it was a, they said, we're going to wear masks or we're not going to wear masks. We're going to social distance. We're not going to social distance. They, they talked about justice or not justice. I mean, they, they, they said, you know, they, they were talking about things that they didn't want people, that people didn't want to hear about. They disagreed. And as a result, they left their church. 14%. And the last number I'll give you is 18% are watching worship services from different churches each month. And so we live in the greatest time of history, you know. I mean, we, we can literally click on a button and find the greatest preachers on the planet and what's happening is people are going to those churches. But guess what? You're getting word, and that's good, and your faith is rising. But here's the problem. You are not connected 
to that fellowship. And therefore, you are being cut off from the benefits of being connected in a house, of being known, of being loved, and being challenged. And if you don't get this right, your spirit will continue to atrophy and your soul will continue to uh, uh, tell you what to do and your body will continue to tell you what to do. If we don't get this right, friends, if our spirit doesn't get built up again, then something is really going to happen that's not good. It's going to happen individually. It's going to happen collectively in the church, my friends. We can't continue in this way and expect it to be good. And everybody just take a breath. I know what I'm saying is not easy, but I felt in my heart that I needed to share this with you because I'm concerned that most believers don't even know this is going on. You may not even realize that you've fallen into one of these percentages. And I just want to shake you loose a little bit. Just shake you loose a little bit because, see, I want you to be healthy. I know this is hard, but here's the thing. Jesus never said it would be easy. I think sometimes we're looking for easy street. And Jesus is like, wait a second. I never said there was going to be easy street. Now, I'll bless you. I love you. And I'm going to lead you towards victory. But it's going to be hard. Don't ever think this is going to be easy. You don't believe me? Listen to what the Bible says. This is Jesus speaking himself. In John 16, he says, I've told you all. This so that you might, so that you may have peace in me. He's saying, you need to have peace in me, not in the world around you. He says, here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. Jesus said it. And he goes on, he says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I love that that statement that you will have trials and tribulations in this life is bookmarked by peace (laughs) and Jesus overcoming. Isn't that good? That's good news. But he doesn't take away the fact that there will be trials and sorrows. There will be trials. There will be sorrows. There will be pandemics. But in the middle of those trials and sorrow, in the middle of those pandemics, we can have peace and we can have the overwhelming victory that comes from Jesus. See, Paul goes on to say it this way. He's talking to the, his, his, one of his disciples, Timothy, a young student, a young leader, and he's speaking to Timothy, and he says, look, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Huh. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. Look at this. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And he says, stay away from people like that. Sometimes I I read that and I think, man, that sounds a lot like my world right now. And sometimes I think about the 25 million. And what goes through my mind is, were these just religious people? Or were they 
people passionately in love with Jesus. My hope is, is they're passionately in love with Jesus because if that's the case, then they're going to come back. But if they're not, I think we're in trouble. So what, what is the point that I'm making? Here's a couple of prophetic words that I want to give to you tonight, today, and that is this. I believe hostility will increase towards the church. Hear me. We are not moving into a time where you're going to see hostilities towards the church go down. I believe that hostilities and persecution towards the church will continue. I believe we will be persecuted and that our faith is going to be tested. I believe we're entering into that season. I don't know how long it lasts. I have no idea. My hope and prayer is that Jesus comes back soon. The other thing I know is that what remains, what remains is true and real. In other words, for people who are believers in Jesus Christ, what remains is true and real. And what doesn't remain is not. And so there may be lots of people that you thought were and they're not. And we're going to run into these kinds of dilemmas. Because, see, Jesus said this. It's not good enough to be religious. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus died for your sins, my friends. And the Bible says that the only way I get to be with God in the end is that I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that he did these things for me, not by any religious acts that I have, but simply by the blood of Jesus. When I get to heaven, I am going to presume upon the blood of Jesus. Because, see, that's all I've got. And all of my religious activities are filthy rags. And ultimately, I need Jesus and Paul continues to say this to Timothy. He says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and, and will themselves be deceived. I feel like there's all kinds of deception around us. Verse 14, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can't trust those, for you know you can trust those who taught you. See, the, the principle of spiritual order is so important for us to keep this fight going. See, if our spirit is not strong, we can't tell our soul what to do. We can't tell our body what to do. And what happens is we start to believe lies. We start to live unhealthy spiritual lives. And when that happens, we're in trouble. I'm almost done, and I, I just want to end with this because I want to share this with you in a very practical way. Here are four proven ways that you can keep your spirit strong today. And I, I mean, please write these down. Four proven ways that you can keep your spirit strong. Number one, <laughs> go to church. Even if it's online. Guys, I get it. As parents, sometimes it's just like, man, it's not worth the effort. You know? You've got kids. It's like, what am I going to do? Watch this and like tie them up? I get it. But your spirit, your spirit's health is too important. I guarantee you, you'll be a better parent if you get your spirit strong. 
We have to go. Matter of fact, go every week. Do whatever it takes. As a church, we have made it available to you in every way possible. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your iPad. You can get it on your computer. You probably could get it on your TV. Matter of fact, I think you can. It's called YouTube. Just get there. Whether it's in person or whether it's online, get there. The second thing is not just go to church, but be the church. Who are you serving this week? Get outside your head. Get outside your circumstance. Get outside your world and begin to look at other people. Serve people. Write a card to somebody. Call somebody. Stop being focused on yourself. Begin to be the church. Serve somebody. And you know what will happen? Your spirit will get stronger. Because you're not looking just at your circumstance. Imagine if Jesus was just looking at his circumstance. Would he have gone to the cross? No, he, he had his eyes on the Father. Now, he was dealing with suffering, but he had his eyes on the Father. Get your eyes on the Father. Begin to do the things that you need to be doing. Be the church to somebody, that neighbor that's struggling, that colleague. Do something. God has prepared in advance opportunities for you. Number three, read your Bible. You're like, really? I have to? Yes, read it. You're like, no, yes. I don't know how much more clear I can be. And matter of fact, I'm going to go a step further. Read your Bible every day. Every day? Every day. Why? Because you need spiritual food. And if you don't have it, you will starve. Your spirit will begin to atrophy. And then your mind will take over. Your body will take over. All the things in this world will begin to take over when your spirit is not strong. Get in the word, my friends, every day. And then finally, guys, I don't know how much more impassioned I can be about it. Get in a group. Get in a group. Online, in person, do what you have to do. Okay, guys, you, you, you have to hear me here. I did not stand up here for the last 30-some minutes and say all these things because I like to hear myself talk. I did it because I fundamentally believe we need to hear it. We need to make a change. How is your soul today? How is your spirit today? How are you really doing? See, God cares. Your church cares. I care enough to ask. And so, guys, let's get to it. Let's start putting these things into play. And let's tell the devil to stick it. Let's tell this virus to stick it. Regardless of whether it sticks around or not, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm going higher. I will not allow my circumstance to determine who I will be. Amen. We are getting better. Elevation Church is getting better. And that, my friends, 
is something that we all need to hear. Let's pray.